There are certain ways that experts sound. They dress a certain way. They carry themselves. And we know that as humans because we've been conditioned since we're yeah. kids to recognize us because we were told, respect your elders. We've been conditioned to this. So now think about logic. What happens when you're in the presence of an expert? You defer. You let them control the flow of the conversation. They will ask you questions and you will give them forthright answers. They're, they've earned the right. If you're perceived as an expert, it gives you the opportunity. It opens up the possibility for you to control the flow of the conversation. So at one point, you make $22 million in three hours on this IPO of Steve Madden's shoes. And then you need to open up a Swiss bank account to put all the money in. So you put it in an aunt's name. But your aunt didn't know about it, right? No, she knew. She knew. knew. But then you go on this boat and you're, you get word that your aunt died? No, no, no. no. Okay, so, I got the timeline on? No, that's the movie. I mean, that's, that's Oh, the, that's the movie. Okay. Now, all of those things happened, but not, didn't happen in that order. And uh, the, the, the real Did version... Did the yacht capsize? Yes, the real version is much better. So, now, so in the movie, um, I'm on the yacht, and I get news that my aunt died, and I have to go back. They have to leave, to, right, and I end up getting into the storm. That's not what happened. What happened was I had my yacht in Rome, for vacation, I was wanting to go to Sardinia, and I was addicted to quaaludes in a big way, right? Cocaine, you name it, right? Every drug under the sun, right? And I got into this frame of mind that you sometimes get into when you take ludes, where short for quaaludes, <laughs> where I call I, like the, I, call, I call it the movement phase. Yeah. Like there's the, there's the tingle phase when you first take a quaalude, your fingertips tingle, you feel euphoria. Then there's the slur phase where you slur your words and you say, well, okay, I love you, slurring is fine, right? Then you get into the drool phase where you're drooling like you know, but you're okay, drooling's good. It's kind of the Lamborghini scene in the yeah, thing. And then yeah. Phase four is unconsciousness, right? However, there <laughs> is a, good. there is a fifth phase which okay. happens once in a while called the movement phase. That means you get like the drug-induced equivalent of ants in your pants. You can't sit still. It just so happened that as I was heading down the hill to Porta Chevrolet, where the yacht was, I found myself in the movement phase and there were white caps in the harbor. And when we got to the boat, the captain says, we can't make the crossing because there's a storm. And I said, I have to cross or I will die because I just I could not sit still. And I convinced the captain, unfortunately, using my powers of persuasion. So this is where persuasion did you wrong, right? Correct. And I convinced the captain to take the boat because I said, if I, I said, I said, Captain Mark, if we sit here, I will die in this. So I, I says, all right, we, we'll break some plates. I said, will we make it? He goes, we'll make it, but it's going to be really bad. I said, let's do it. It seemed like a great adventure, right? So I went up to the top deck, took four more ludes, fell asleep, woke up, and I was in 50-foot waves and the rest of the same. 50-foot waves? Unbelievable. It was just a freak storm kicked up in the Adriatic, and uh, oh, we ended up getting rescued by the Italian Navy SEALs, which was amazing. And then what happened was they took us to Sardinia. So wait, a, wait, 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 not to interrupt you, but... Were the quaaludes strong enough that you were sleeping part of the time when there was 50-foot waves? No, 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 no. I was, I, it I was woke take, you up? Because no, I've been in a big storm in the ocean. That'll wake me no, up. I was an expert at something called balance. Like, I was treating my body like a, a human... Pe- I'm sober for 20-something years, right? But back in the day, I was like a Petri dish. I would take ludes to mellow out, cocaine to wake up. So I was balancing between ludes and coke that day. So I was awake for the whole, very proud of that. Probably yeah. not the Buddhist meaning of balance. No, Probably right, exactly. So I was balancing, right? <laughs> and, um, and, and so I was awake and loving it because I wanted this, I was so happy that the boat was gonna sink because it was so expensive and I was so sick of it. I was like, this is great. And then like, oh shit, we might die. Oh my God, oh, this is not so great. And then but, you remembered you were on it. Right. Like, so wait then, a second. <laughs> anyway, we got rescued, um, 
And then what happened was, so seven days later, we all had to buy everyone new clothes because all clothes went down with the ship, right? The only thing we rescued was the Quaaludes, thank God, when the boat was going down. <laughs> they couldn't the spend. Best. They should have put I that in my, the movie. No, I sent my friend down for those. They were, in the, they were in the downstairs cabin. I said to my friend, you have the ludes? He goes, no, they're downstairs. I said, Rob, you get the fucking ludes, you know? So Rob go, runs down. He comes back, goes, the cabin's flooded. I can't. I said, fucking Go and put a fucking snorkel on. Go down there, right? <laughs> Sacrifice get, your life. I right. need my they're, they're in like a, they're in a, a medically sealed bag. Go get, he goes, all right, you're right, you're right. He goes down there, nothing. I go downstairs. I, I, he seems standing at the top of the stairs with his pants down. His ankles pissing on the carpet. I'm like, Rob, what are you doing? He goes, I always wanted to do something like this. I'm like, Rob, just go get the loots, right? He goes downstairs. He comes back up a minute later. I couldn't do it. I got shocked. The water's electrified. Oh. I looked at him. I said, soldier. I said, you fucking, I don't care how bad, unless it's like. Did he get shocked while he was peeing? Yeah, no, no, while he was down there. it'll come right through I the said, stream. you go down there. So he went, he goes, you're right. He goes, I, uh, I'll do it. He goes, but if I die, get my wife a breast job. Just promise me. I said, all right, I'll do it. Get Martha. If I, my That's wife, what he I'll, said. I want my wife to get a breast job. Pay for the breast job. See, that she's was his, so not like the movie where you say, will you take care of my wife? No, Mr. he just best wanted friend. the breast job. Will you get her a breast, why yes. did you want her to have a breast job? She was bugging him for a breast job. He didn't want he was cheap. So he said, if you pay for that, my death will be meaningful, okay? <laughs> so he goes downstairs, comes back up with a bag of ludes and third-degree burns and his hair up in his knee, yeah, right? <laughs> and then 10 days later, here's the irony. So 10 days later, uh, we, 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 10 days later, we, we, we go to the battleship first, right? And then we take some more ludes because it seemed like we should do that, right? And then we went to uh, the Cal de Volpe Hotel, the world's most beautiful and expensive hotel where you, like, you take an olive. It's like they have a guy with a microscope, $10 on your bill, right? So check that out of there 10 days later, right? It's like $700,000 later, right? Seven hundred grand yeah. was oh, yeah, the, yeah. the hotel bill. Yeah, I had to put eighteen people. It was nuts, right? So anyway, I bought everyone brand new clothes. Right now, this is the second time because my wife lost her, her bag. Uh, the story can go on, run. I want to get no. To the keep point. going. The, Don't do well, not stop. Right. Here, no, 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 keep going. This is great. Uh, well, so what happens? My wife originally, when we were getting on the plane, they. The driver forgot to put her bag, bags on the plane. So I had to buy her new clothes. So before we got to the yacht, we stopped in Rome when shopping, got her new clothes, and then those bo- clothes went down with the boat. So the clothes sank with the boat. And then we had to get new clothes in Sardinia, right? And then you went, it was the hotel, the $700,000 yes, hotel yes, so after yeah. that? Yes, after that. So then we went, we had to buy, buy clothes, but it was only like Johnny Versace Resort. It was like peacocks. We were all purple and pink the whole week, right? <laughs> so finally, the last day of the, of the, of the trip, right? I had this great idea. I said, you know what? If we bring all this shit back through customs, we're going to be hassled. My name was on a watch list already. I'm like, let's just ship it all back to DHL. We'll only use a toothbrush and underwear because we're going on a private jet home. Great idea, right? So we all box up our shit. We, we send it off back to the United States. Next morning, we wake up. We go to the, hotel, to the airport. No plane. I'm like, what the fuck? No plan. Now, this is back before cell phones, right? Yeah. You know, and, and no one spoke any English. And after about an hour, I was going crazy because I had a ludes now. No reason to be away from home anymore without the ludes, right? All of a sudden, <laughs> some little Sardinian midget comes scampering up to me. Literally a midget? A midget. Comes up and goes, Didn't you guys throw midgets no, in the we, movie? No, that's, that's exaggerated. We've talked about throwing midgets. They threw midgets after I left. I was not involved in that. So don't hold me responsible. So anybody who's a midget... You no, I protest. Yeah, yeah, this, this, this yeah, exactly. Don't, don't, please don't. Hey, but the point is, is that um, he says, Mr. Belfort. I'm like, what? He goes, plane crash. I'm like, what? But my plane crashed 10 days after the yacht sank, okay? And like, it took off at Orly Airport in France. Seagull in the engine, gone. A seagull hit your private so now jet. I lost, yeah, yeah. So I lost the, lost the plane. We got, we got to say this. So for a second, se- your, 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 your yacht sunk. Then, then your plane, plane got plane, engine plane. got hit by a seagull. Yeah. So then pilots live, thank God. Did right? you ever like wonder if there is re- something in the past mm. life that no, might well, have so, happened? So here's the thing. So right. <laughs> well, no, there was. I did make some great analyzations that day. So 
uh, after that happened, I mean, we got stuck again with no clothes in, in Italy, and I had to get out of Italy at this point. So we, we took a plane to London, a, a commercial plane. We ended up in the Royal Airport, Gatwick. Go to the. To but you had clothes on. Uh, the clothes you wore. Versace, right? they had like purple and everything. But here's the irony, you know? Here's how crazy purple, drug. Oh, here's no. how crazy drug addiction is. Is that at that time you'd think I'd say, okay, obviously. God is telling me, my life's out of control. I'm doing, there's something not right here. Right. Right, right. Everything's insane. I'm doing drugs all the time. Things are happening. No. I went even crazy the next day. In other words, <laughs> you I, used it as a sign you yes, should be partying to harder. To keep going harder, right? It was a year later that I got sober, finally. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So that's the, uh, what ha- that, that's the true story about the yacht. Now, the true tr- story of Wolf of Wall Street. You heard it here. And, by the way, I heard Chance the Rapper said today he wants to hang out with Drake because Drake has an exciting life. Chance, <laughs> you probably wanted to be with Jordan Belfort in the Wolf of Wall Street like You days. shouldn't let me drive the car because you, who knows what's going to happen, right? I like this thing that you say, like, human communication is 45% tone of voice, 45% body language, and only 10% words. Yeah. And what you said is, you know, people are kind of logical but very emotional. The tone of voice and the way that you look in terms of body language, that's 90%. That appeals to the emotional side of the brain. And then you need to have good words that are logical. So what's a, like the most practical body language tip? Do you think that it's important to lean forward when you talk to people? I, I, there's a scene in, in, your, in the movie that I love. I actually got to, I, I met uh, Matthew McConaughey before his uh, Dark Tower interview. I got to go there to the red carpet with him. And I was at, you know, he got the this whole. Did you do that? No, that's Matthew McConaughey's thing. So that's his actual that's thing. His thing. Yeah. So he's and and that's like an emotional. We'll talk yes. about it in state creation, but that's, that's obviously not a probably not a body language thing you want to do. When well, Marty Scorsese said it was so cool, he made it part of the movie. I know. That's I I I think that's one of the things I see people doing yeah. all around the place. Okay. So, so what's a practical yeah. body? Because people love body language yeah. conversations. Well, let me, yeah, let me, uh, just, let me just back up for one second here. In terms of this idea of 45, 45, 10, right? That's been around for many, many, many years. Many different studies about that. But here's the thing that you need to really understand. It's important. Is that I'm not saying that the words don't matter. They only matter 10%. In fact, the words matter 100% when you're speaking. Yes. But the thing is you're communicating often without speaking. Yes. That's the point. So it's not like words don't really matter. The words matter. Because, yeah. you know, you say the wrong words, that you're perceived as an asshole, it's done, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so the idea that body language is so powerful, what happens is body language has a way of essentially slipping on through the radar of the conscious mind yes. and going right to the unconscious mind and creating a gut reaction. Yeah. That, you know, something just must be there. It must be good. That person must be an expert. I want to speak to that person. Or it might be bad. Or the opposite. Or I don't Correct. Try. You were talking about keeping your simple one, keeping too close. Right. Hurts yeah, well, sales. You know, well, yes. It, or can hurt sales. Or they could just be cold. <laughs> right? So Seriously, because you don't know. So the point is that... No, but if you're the person doing the sales... Well, I wouldn't be sitting here like this. Yeah, you the, probably right. wouldn't right. be right. here. But people very, do that sometimes. Yeah, that's a very aggressive... It's also an aggressive sort of angry pose to be as a salesman. And resting bitch face. You yeah. hear that at RBF. I know. Where so terrible, terrible, terrible pretty thing, women, but, you know, not pretty women. I guess men maybe so do it too. So RAF, resting asshole face. That's what guys have. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, resting so asshole face. So Raph and Yeah, exactly. And so where people sit there and like you see it at a club, I've seen it. 
And then you go up and talk to the person, terrible and they're affliction. like, right. terrible affliction, resting bitch face for a girl. Because imagine a girl, right? And she's sitting there, and and she's sweet as sugar. She like just has great things to tell you. She want, and you look at her, she goes, that girl must hate my gut. Look how angry. Yeah. It's a very terrible thing. So, by the way, here's the thing: um, that can be controlled. Right. Yes. In, in all seriousness, you know, it's, we make a joke about it, but whether it's resting asshole face or resting bitch face, guy or girl, there's so much more to it than just sort of how you are arrested. It is how you interact when you meet someone, the smile, your eye contact, how much eye contact you make, how close you stand to someone. You right? said in Japan, you should sta- stand closer. Well, you said 75 percent. Yeah, exactly. Should, well, you isn't know, that your rule? Seventy five percent. Well, seventy uh, percent eye contact. Eye contact. Right. Well, yeah. because think about it. And by the way, you know, a lot of that stuff is is not. My material, just right. seriously. You know, That's a general just, well, research. Well, the straight, yeah. straight line is mine, but the, some of the stuff of biology, that was really well studied by psychologists where they actually did test with people and they came up with these numbers and these, these things that are just sort of just truths, right? And one of them is that if you stare at someone nonstop, well, it's like a Mexican stare. Like, what is wrong with this person, right? <laughs> and you feel that you say to yourself, what's wrong with this person? Versus if someone doesn't make eye contact with you, yes. right? Now, I remember, my, I'll give you an example. My son, Carter, right? He had a friend going up this kid. I won't mention his name, Lucas. But the point is, no. <laughs> we won't mention Lucas's name. But Lucas was a nice kid, right? But Lucas would never make eye contact. He'd come into me, he's like 10 years old. Hi, Mr. O. I'm like, like, hi, Lucas. I'm like, I want to trick that. I'm like, and you, everybody, he'd look away. And they would never... And I just didn't trust the kid, right? Yeah. Why? Just because of no the, reason. He no could reason. have just been he's shy. He's a nice kid. I'm sure he's yeah. pretty proud of it. But the point is, this this ability to come off a way, in a way that someone says, you know what? Hit and hit and sales. Get to sales. What you really are trying to accomplish is that when the person makes that first instant perception about you, they should be thinking that number one, you're a person worth listening to. Yep. And why? Because this person can help me achieve my goals. Yes. Now, if you want to get down to what are the three things that really go into that, well, here was what they are. Number one, you need to be received as being sharp, yep. sharp as attack. And then you said to be enthusiastic as hell. Now, yeah. I'm not talking about eh, enthusiasm. It's not that. I'm talking about bottled enthusiasm. <laughs> right. It's below the surface. It's a, it could be whispering, but there's a power in your voice and excitement and people just, it must be good, right? And the third element, which is the most important of all, is an expert in right. your field. An expert, yeah. Because we You call been, this the fourth, there's a chapter on the four seconds. Right. You got now, four seconds to convey that, that. I said that in 1988. It turned out I was wrong. Okay? okay. I was wrong. Harvard did a study in, I think, 2013 or 14, and it turned out it was five seconds. So I'm sorry. So uh, that was your guess. That was my I guess five. it was five. And here's what else Harvard <laughs> said. Here's the crazy part. If you make a bad first impression, it takes you seven subsequent meetings to change someone's impression. Now, I don't know wow. about you, but I never get seven shots. Yeah. If you don't make a good first impression, you're done. So you got to yeah. really focus on that. So those first four or five seconds, you basically got to come off as enthusiastic. You got to come off as an expert. Correct. And you have, what was the first one? Sharp or, attack. Sharp. Now, right, yeah. now, look at this way. So how do you do that? Think about it. Well, is it the words that you say? I mean, the words don't exist. I mean, yes. what, what would you say? Listen, hey, hey, listen, Ty, I'm sharp as a tack. I'm an expert. You say, what the fuck is wrong with you? You, you can't, yeah. the words don't exist for that, right? right? So how do you get it across? Through your tonality and yep. your body language. There are certain ways that experts sound, not the word, they sound, they, they dress a certain way, they carry themselves a certain way. And we know that as humans because we've been conditioned since we're yeah. kids to recognize because we were told, 
respect your elders. Look, you know, when you went to the doctor, he was an expert. He had a stethoscope. He had diplomas on the wall. He wore a white. We've been conditioned to this. So what? now think about logic. What happens when you're in the presence of an expert? What do you do? You defer. Yeah. You let them control the flow of the conversation. They will ask you questions, yep. and you will give them forthright answers. They're, they've earned the right. So if you're perceived as an expert... It gives you the opportunity, it opens up the possibility for you to control the flow of the conversation. Yeah. And once you've done that, now you can go about making every sale the same because you're making it, you're guiding the process. So the only way every sale can be the same is you're perceived as an expert. Yeah. And then you use that perception as an expert, not to talk, 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 but then you start to ask questions, yeah. smart questions using the intelligence gathering tools, right? And then by doing that, you also ask them in a certain tone of voice and with your active listening that gets you into ultra tight rapport. Yes. So by the time you're done asking your questions now, you know everything you need to know. You're in ultra tight rapport. You know where their pain lies, their needs, right? Now you can present your solution. So you yes. have this trip. See, see, what I'm saying is this step, step, step. So it all starts to go into this sort of straight line. We do this first, this second, this third. And guess what? This is really easy to learn. Yeah. Once you break it down like you that. You said six weeks it took you? Three weeks? No. To take a beginner and teach them no. a straight line? A couple of days. Three days. Okay. They, they, listen, the, I took these kids who couldn't close a fucking door. Literally. Yeah. They were so bad. I mean, the average IQ was Forrest Gump on three hits of acid. This yeah. is not the short, <laughs> deep end. It wasn't the deep end in the gene pool. Yeah. They weren't rich kids. They weren't kids who went to Ivy League schools. There wasn't the poem among them. These were kids, the lower middle class kids from New York and Long Island, they were kids that weren't told by their parents they were capable of greatness. Yeah. And any greatness they naturally had in them had been basically beaten out of them, conditioned out of them since they were born. First by their parents, then by their teachers, yeah. by their own friends, by their experiences from not feeling special, not acting special. By the time they entered my boredom at 19 years old, 20, they'd been conditioned to survive, yeah. not thrive. Yep. Once you're in that spot, what happens is that you have these beliefs that are supported by it. You, know, you, you, end up, you, you end up, start off as this perfect individual day one. You're 20 years old, you're like already crammed down with all these limiting beliefs and stuff. So they came to my boardroom and by teaching them the straight line, it, was, it reordered all their beliefs because I gave them a skill set that changed them who, who they were. Those, it made them more effective. Yeah. So it can't just be, I'm, I'm gonna act effective. No, you have to actually be effective. So the beauty of the straight line system is that it's a skill set. It does change how you can communicate. It makes you a very powerful communicator and allows you to get the result that you want. So when you start getting the results you want, what happens? It starts to reinforce better. Yeah, you become more confident. Yes, and then that feeds on itself. Where, do you, where does confident fit in? You talk about being sharp and enthusiastic and perceived as an expert. Is confidence kind of part of, would you consider that part of the enthusiasm and the sharp no, view? No, no. Confidence is entirely different. So confidence has there's two phases of confidence right it starts off with acting as if no one starts off confident yep. i don't care who you are okay the first day when you trust you're not going to be confident you're not going to be an expert really right but you need to act as if i would tell my guys my kids back then act if you're wealthy man rich already yeah and you'll become rich yep act as if you have the answers and the answers will come to you act as if you have confidence and people will have confidence you i said act as if now, yeah. do you think people can become delusional? No, that well, way? here's the point. Now, yeah. that, that, that can be, and you see it as delusion, 
right. when someone doesn't do the work to become the expert. Right. So that has to be coupled with the fact that I'm actually working and I'm, I'm, I'm on the hyper fast track to become an expert, to learn special skills, and then you're actually walking your talk. Yeah. And then it works. So you have to act as if until it becomes the truth, and then you're just acting as, you're acting as things really are. But you have yeah. to always act that way.